Hello, welcome to the Wednesday, May 20th, 2020 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Rick noticed today some odd traffic, an odd spike in traffic against port 62,234. Haven't really explained what this is all about, what it hackers may be looking for here, but the number of sources scanning for this particular port, well, still not amazingly big, but sort of in the three to 400 range, it has significantly increased over the last day. So in particular, if you are seeing outbound traffic uh, to port 62,234, let us know and it would be nice to see what's causing this spike. And Cisco released a number of updates today. Nothing critical, only high in Cisco's rating. Now, there is one vulnerability I want to draw a bit attention to, and this is a memory leak in the adaptive security or ASA appliance and firepower threat defense software. The issue here is that an attacker could send a crafted GET request to the web interface phase off the appliance and receive memory content back. Now, Cisco points out that each time that's being attempted, there may be different memory coming back and that the memory may include authentication cookies. So depending on luck of the draw, I guess this could certainly lead to a compromise of the appliance and something that you should watch out for. And that's probably the vulnerability I would suggest here that uh, you should use to justify patching. The other vulnerabilities are for the most part denial of service vulnerabilities. So yes, uh, the rating of high is appropriate for uh, those issues. And of course, patching could result in denial of service itself if something goes wrong. And Google today released uh, version 83 of Google Chrome and, well, they skipped actually version 82 due to COVID-19. In addition to fixing a number of vulnerabilities in version 83, Google also adjusted some security features. First of all, instead of just doing sort of a simple update check, there will be more a security review, which includes, for example, if any of the passwords that you have stored in Google got leaked. But probably most notable, they did include a new improved version of Google Safe Browsing. Now, it doesn't appear that this version of Safe Browsing is enabled by default. And there is a little bit of reason for that. Now, First of all, the goal here is to provide better, more sort of real-time protection for your browser. So if you're visiting a site that's potentially a phishing website, then you should get an alarm even if the particular site hasn't been reported to Google yet. But the cost is associated with it is that uh, Google Chrome needs to send a snippet of the content of the site to Google in order to check if uh, that content content has been cited on a phishing site before. So this feature is disabled by default, but you may enable it if you would like the additional protection and you're willing to accept uh, the limited uh, privacy of uh, this feature. 
Now, these safe browsing type features, uh, they have gotten criticism for some of the privacy impact uh, before. Google, uh, by default, the traditional safe browsing only sends hashes of URLs back to Google, so not the actual URL that you visited. In addition, uh, Google tries to be somewhat transparent in how their services work in that respect, haven't really played enough uh, with this enhanced safe browsing to really comment on whether it's of an acceptable privacy trade-off here. And security researcher Henry Wang uh, did uh, release a blog post with details regarding a number of vulnerabilities that he found in QNAP's storage devices, in particular in the PhotoStation software that comes installed on these devices. Now, yes, I have to say it again, you should never expose these devices to the internet. But uh, Henry actually did the right thing here, reported it to QNAP. QNAP also did the right thing and amazing how it sometimes works out, paid a bug bounty and released a firmware update mid-December. So Henry waited until now to actually release the details. The blog post has plenty of details telling you how you can use these different vulnerabilities. There are a total of four vulnerabilities to gain remote code execution on these devices. So first of all, do not expose them to the internet. If you're not using any software on these devices, uninstall it and yes, definitely patch them, even though that can sometimes be a pain a little bit with these storage devices. Well, in talking about vulnerabilities, uh, I'm making live a couple of videos that one of my handlers, Jan, uh, recorded. And the vulnerabilities he's talking about in these videos are sort of interesting. They're really minor issues uh, to some extent in Windows, but issues that uh, do leak information, that uh, do display sort of a confusing user interface uh, to the user. So certainly things that can be exploited and and he wanted to draw a little bit more attention to uh, these issues, uh, features, bugs, whatever you want to call them. So uh, we are going to release uh, four uh, different uh, short videos to our YouTube channel over the next uh, couple days. That's it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.